Hello, my name is Ali and I'm part of the team here, so hello if I've not met you before. And uh, I'm going to speak really briefly tonight because we want to allow lots of uh, time for the dedication and for the baptism. This morning, um, when I, I was, we were doing our service this morning, we had baptisms and dedications at that. And so I said, I'm not going to speak very long today, just about an hour. Ha ha. Anyway, at the end of the service, I asked my seven-year-old daughter how she thought I did this morning. And she said, eight out of ten, which I thought was actually quite good. She's quite, you know honest and she said, eight out of ten then she went oh no actually maybe seven out of ten the joke you told at the beginning wasn't very funny so there we go I have removed it for you on her critique so um yeah but I'm not going to be long at all this evening we're going to start by looking at a passage together from the book of Matthew uh, Matthew is one of the people who decided to write an account of Jesus life uh, there's four of them that did that uh, or four accounts and uh, through those we get to hear and understand um what what it looked like when Jesus was on this earth? What did he get up to? Uh, the events leading up to his death on the cross and resurrection. And we're going to be looking at a tiny bit of one of those accounts today in Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 18. It's going to come up on the screen, I think, yes. And this is what it says. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'll send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So here's this little story. And so you've got these four blokes that were just going about business as usual. And along one day comes Jesus. They're in the middle of doing their day job when he suddenly just says, hey, guess what? Put that down. Come follow me. And sometimes what happens is we read stories in the Bible and we don't stop to go, well, that's weird. You know, if you were at work tomorrow, if you're in the staff room of the school that you teach at, or you're cutting hair in the salon where you work, or you're sitting in a cafe having a piece of cake and a coffee with a friend and in walks a guy and says, hey, follow me. Um, you'd probably say no <laughs> for a start and, and you'd at least probably want to finish your cake first. But they, it just says immediately, at once, they stopped what they were doing and they got up and they followed him. And we're here this afternoon, particularly today, because we want to celebrate Beniah and um, Harriet and the faith of Beniah's parents and Harriet's faith. And what happened is for these guys and for loads of us in this room, at some point in our life, we uh, heard Jesus' invitation to follow him. And it probably, for most of us, wasn't um, quite as it was for these four guys. It probably wasn't the audible voice of God uh, saying, stop what you're doing and follow me. But, and it looks different, actually, for all of us. For some of us, maybe we grew up knowing about Jesus. That was my experience. Others, maybe we were attracted to the person of Jesus. Maybe we picked up our Bibles one day and started reading the story. Or maybe we knew someone that already knew Jesus. And as they began to share their faith with us, it, it began to... Uh, speak to us and he began to speak to us through it but however we got there loads of us have just like these four blokes we've heard Jesus call to follow him and to take him up on an invitation to a new life so what's that all about 
Well, just as we really quickly look at this passage, I want to look at three things that it might mean um, to follow Jesus. And that, that it's an invitation to trust, it's an invitation to leave behind, and it's an invitation to stick close to him. First of all, then, it's an invitation to trust. You know, for these men in the story that we just read, they had their kind of life sorted. They knew what they were going to do for a day job. They had their livelihood. You know, they had their nets. They had their boats. They were fishermen. That's what they were doing. And suddenly, Jesus turns up on the scene, and he says, actually, come and do something that is completely unknown, completely different to anything that you have um, that you thought you might get up to in this life, come and do something completely different. And in that moment, what a choice to trust, to move from the known and the safe to something completely unknown. What if it ended up going wrong? What if Jesus wasn't who they thought he was? But something about him meant that they were able to say yes, that they trusted him enough in that moment to go. Um, as Johnny mentioned a minute ago, it's half term coming up and we have a little tradition in our family now um, for the October half term, we go away to the New Forest together, um, me and the kids, my sister and her kids, my mum and dad, and we pretty much do the same thing every year. We just go to a little caravan park in the New Forest and we get up to the same things. And one of the things that we get up to is this thing called Go Ape. And I don't know if you're familiar with Go Ape, but it's a stupid thing that people do. So basically, you strap on a harness and you go up into like really tall trees, and then you do things like walk along um, little tiny rope bridges or jump from plank to plank and all that kind of thing. And the first time we went, my kids were a bit too little to do it without me, and so I had to go with them, and this is how I felt about that that that's how I felt about that I was not impressed at all and that look on my face by the way it, I just stayed looking like that for two hours I was literally shaking with it my knees you know when people talk about their knees knocking it's not even a thing you know, it's, a, it's an actual thing that was me anyway but my kids on the other hand they don't find it scary they love it they get that harness on they go through the little bit of safety training and then they are off and they just they fly along they leap from plank to plank and they run along those rope bridges because once they've got that harnessed on harness on that's it job done they know they're going to be safe and they're completely free to enjoy the experience and when we are able to put our trust in something that actually is trustworthy what that enables us to do is to live a life full of adventure and when we put our trust in someone who is trustworthy who is always loving, who is always wise, who is always kind, then we are able to take him up on the life that he calls us to. And that is exactly what these men did. They took this leap of faith straight away, leaving behind what they knew, and they found, um, as they walked with him, that he was completely trustworthy. There were times where it looked a bit hairy, to be honest. If you've read the accounts of Jesus' life, there were times where it looked like he'd abandoned them, only it, uh, he hadn't. There were times where it looked like they'd got it wrong or they were alone, and yet still he stuck with them. And for those of us in this room that have decided to follow Jesus, we have found him to be completely trustworthy. I think that decision when he invites us to follow him isn't one that we just make once, but I think for a lot of us, our experiences, we come back to that place again. That might be you today. Maybe you've already been following Jesus, but it's like, 
him sort of saying, hey, following me means trusting me. Do you trust me to leave the safety zone and come where I'm calling you? It's an invitation to trust him, and we found that he is faithful. The second thing in that invitation, come follow me, is an invitation to leave something behind. When uh, Jesus approaches these four men in the story, uh, he asks them to do exactly that, to leave something behind. He says, come follow me, to fishermen, he says, and I will send you out to fish for people. So in other words, he's saying, come and stop being fishermen and start being fishers of men. And this is not just like a little wordplay that Jesus is doing right then. He's saying, come and leave behind what you thought life was going to look like and step into the life that I have for you. Let go of the thing that you think you can do and step in to what I am calling you to. And they, so they did that. They left their nets behind and they immediately stepped into a life that was bigger and, and more full of promise than they could have ever have dreamt. And, you know, what is incredible to me is that that morning they would have just woken up thinking it's business as usual. It's just the same thing. It's a day doing what we know, um, you know, earning, earning our living and, yeah, doing what we always thought we would do. And then suddenly they encounter the saviour of the world and everything changes. But in order for everything to change, they had to leave something behind. And Jesus' invitation uh, to all of us when he says follow him is also an invitation to leave behind. It's often, um, there's a sense that we have to leave behind the way we thought life would look and step into something else. It's a leaving behind of our sin or selfishness and stepping into his forgiveness it's a leaving behind of maybe a broken way of seeing ourselves or God or the world and instead uh, stepping into the way that he sees us and the, way, the ways that he wants to reveal himself to us. Yes, it's a leaving behind, which on that one hand can sound really scary, but what we get is so much more. And I want you just to imagine for a moment, I'm afraid that nothing I'm about to say in this one moment is true, but I want you to imagine that the person that you're sitting next to, that you probably know and hopefully like, imagine that they turned to you and they said, give me your wallet. Like, not in a threatening way, but just give me your wallet, like an invitation sort of way. And you're thinking, I don't know if I want to do that. But you think, well, I know this person. You're all sort of now sussing out, going whether or not this would be a good thing to do, but... As they do that, you're thinking, I know this person, so I'm going to go along with whatever they're doing right now. So you go to get your wallet out, and as you begin to hand it over, they say, hey, and there's one more thing. In this moment that you hand me your wallet, this is um, symbolic of not just your wallet, but it's of your entire bank balance. So as you hand me this wallet, you are literally also promising to hand me over your entire bank balance. And so you still think you'll go along with it. And some of you at this point, there's real fear. Some of you, it's like relief. You can have my overdraft gladly I'll, gladly I'll put a bow on it for you <laughs> any chance you want my credit card debt too I've got a mortgage anyway but so you're handing it over and as you do that they start grinning at you not hopefully in a kind of scary way but they're grinning at you and as they take the wallet they say hey look under your seat and as you look under your seat do you see and by the way this is no Oprah show okay I haven't hidden anything under any of your seats there is no Lamborghini waiting outside for you but anyway as you look under your seat you find that there has been a check made out in your name for 10 million pounds 
suddenly the wallet isn't a big deal at all. You can get yourself a new wallet. You know, it's like you gave up that, but what you got in return was more than you could have ever imagined. And this is the invitation that Jesus uh, offers us when he says, come follow me. Yes, I'm asking you to leave certain things behind. For these fishermen, yeah, you're going to have to leave behind your career, going to have to leave behind your safe zone and what you thought your life was going to look like. But guess what? In return, you get me, says Jesus. In return, you get the life that I'm calling you to. You get to go on an adventure that people are still going to be talking about in 2,000 years' time. So it's an invitation to trust. It's an invitation to leave behind. And as I said before, it might be that you've already made a decision to follow Jesus. But the funny thing is, is that leaving behind thing, just as the trust thing, it isn't a once and for all. There are things that we pick up along the way. And it might be, again, that today is time just to go, is there anything that needs to be left behind? Is there anything that I've picked up, even in this last week? Um, maybe a little lie that crept in that is around, it's all on your shoulders. You know, the future of X, Y, Z is on you. The responsibility is on you. Or maybe it's something about the way you see yourself. You know those little things that we say, I'm such an idiot. Or, you know, and maybe we've just began to pick those things up again. And Jesus just says, hey, what? guess what? Freedom is on the other side of you just saying, I'm going to hand that over again. So it's an invitation to trust. It's an invitation to leave behind. And it is an invitation to stick close to him. Jesus said, follow me. And when he said, follow me, he wasn't like, hey, come and hang out in my impersonal entourage. Come and sort of drift around in the periphery of my life. He was saying, come and let's do life together. In other words, the opposite of what we now understand by the word following, if we're thinking about something like Instagram. You know, there's loads of people that I follow on Instagram that I have absolutely nothing to do with their real lives. I follow them because I like what they... um, what the pictures that they put up around um what do I follow? Well, I, I do. I follow a lot of people with about curly hair routines. That's like, I follow quite a few people that talk about that. You might know someone. I follow. There's an, an actual thing that's been happening on Insta over the last sort of year or maybe two years now, which is all about the the community of ladies that are going grey ahead of sort of 60, 70. And I would be one of them. I'm not that old yet, you know. And so, and it's re- it was really encouraging. It was like, oh my gosh, I think maybe I can do this. And then I did that. This is me. Um, anyway, and so that I. Thanks for the whoop from Steph there. Um, <laughs> and, and so I follow those kind of people. I follow Michelin-starred chefs on Instagram, and I just kind of look at their crazy, crazy food and think, wow, I'd like to eat that. Um, and so th- none of these people are my friends. I mean, I follow a few friends on Instagram, but mainly it's those kind of people, and they, I have no relationship with them. I enjoy looking at the life that they present on Instagram whilst trying to tell myself, this is not real, this is not real. Um, I, but I follow them, but I don't actually do life with them. And yet Jesus was calling these guys to actually do life with him. He was saying, come follow me. Like, as I teach, listen. As I heal, watch. As I interact with people, observe what's going on. And let's talk about it at the end of the day. Let's chew it over together. Let's start our day together. You know, hey, Jesus, what are we up to today? Well, I thought we might head here and do a bit of this, do a bit of that. You know, let's start the day together and let's end the day over a meal, just taking our time to unpack what we've seen and heard today. This was the life that Jesus was calling them to, and this is the life that he is calling us to. 
his invitation, follow me, he's saying, come and stick close to me. And stick close to me through everything, through the highs and the lows. Stick close to me and you'll find um, a friendship like you never knew that you could have. You'll find that whatever happens in your life, I will be with you. I won't walk away from you. Learn from me. Lean on me. Listen to me. Do life with me. And I think it's really easy to forget that, even for those of us that would say that we've known Jesus for a while. It's really easy to just get busy um, and just maybe even do things uh, for him instead of with him, the way we just go about our life and sort of at the end of the day think, oh gosh, I haven't even... I haven't even acknowledged you today, let alone sort of tried to do this in partnership and friendship with you. It's good for us to remember that he was calling us to so much more than just a sort of mate's relationship of like where we see each other once in a while and high five as we walk past. He was calling us to friendship. And for me, um, I first said yes to Jesus. I first sort of heard his invitation to follow him when I was really young. Um, so I grew up, my, my parents were Christians, and so we talked about Jesus. He was just part of our everyday sort of um, conversation in our house. But I remember when I was seven, really the penny dropped for me for the first time, and then many times since, oh my goodness, you actually love me. And I remember having a good think about this one day on the loo. And while I was on the loo, which is a good place to do thinking, while I was on the loo, when I, like I say, I just so remember the penny dropping, you love me. So I said, okay, Jesus, I want to be your friend forever. I want to do life with you forever. And like I said earlier, I don't think that is something that we just say once. There's a first time, but there's not a last time. And I found that I have to keep coming back to, um, I trust you. I trust you in my life. I trust you to know what's going on. I trust you that you're so kind and so wise that you know what I don't know. Um, And I found that the older I get, the less solvable life seems, you know, that there are so many times that I hit brick walls or road bumps in my life or in my husband's life or in our family that it's like, oh gosh, here we go again. You know, how are we going to, what's going to, Lord, and it's like, do you trust me? Do you trust me with them, Ali? Do you trust me with your life? That's an invitation from him to follow him again. It's meant me regularly leaving stuff behind. And often the thing that I need to leave behind is my own sense of inadequacy and my own sense of um, maybe even... uh, yeah, unsuperwoman, whatever the opposite of that is, that I am not superwoman and I have to leave that behind. And I'm not the mum I thought I would be. You know, I'm not perfect and I have to leave that behind again and trust myself again to his grace and his mercy. And then what I have found over all of these years is that um, in one sense, in one sense, it's easy to stick close to him not because I'm good at it, but because he's so faithful. Because he, as he promised in the Bible, he will never leave me. And so I might be hugely inconsistent. How's that for naming and shaming a couple of my weaknesses tonight? I'm hugely inconsistent, but he is the most consistent and the most loving and the most forgiving and the most kind. I give my yes to him. He gets all of me such as I am. 
I get all of him, which is by far the better deal. I really want to encourage you that if you're here and you, uh, tonight and you're uh, maybe friends or family of, of the, the guys that are being, you know, bringing um, Benaiah for dedication or of Harriet, um, ask them. Ask them about their story. Ask them about their decision to, to follow Jesus. And you'll hear something different to what I've said, but that they have found that as they have trusted him, as they've left stuff behind, as they have stuck close to him, they have found that again and again and again, they have met with a saviour and a friend who is consistently kind and quick to forgive and whose plan for their lives uh, far outweighs anything that they had for their own life. We really hope that uh, if you are friends and family tonight visiting us, that you feel hugely welcome, uh, not just by us, but by Jesus himself. And it might be that having heard a bit about him, you, um, you don't feel ready to like drop everything. You, know? you think, actually, I'll just, I'll just stay in my fishing boat with my fishing nets just a bit longer. And that's fishing nets, not fish nets. I was thinking, why does that sound familiar? <laughs> anyway, um, you might find that you're like, yeah, I'm just going to stay here a bit longer. And that's totally fine too. You know, When Jesus was walking on this earth, he had crowds of people who just decided that for a while they would just observe him. They would just follow him at a bit of a distance and watch him and kind of check him out a bit. Just so you know, that's, a, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> that, that's a good option. And you might find that as you observe Jesus a bit, that you find it helpful to do that here. And as Johnny's already said, you know, we've got some things coming up. Come along, um, come along any Sunday, come along to one of our Christmas services or one of our other events and just spend a bit of a time observing him uh, and, um, and observing us, if you like. Um, I think, I'm pretty certain, that you'll like what you see only because he is the kindest, the most faithful uh, friend and saviour.